0: This week's episode is brought to you by my Redefine Your Time VIP session. Friends, this session is perfect for you if you are ready to make big changes in how you manage your time and energy as we wrap up 2023 and kick off 2024. We start with a 90-minute session where we will deep dive into your productivity pitfalls so that you can create a system that is personalized to you. Then you get a month's worth of Voxer coaching with me, To keep me in your back pocket for those moments of lost motivation, scheduling, chaos, or any kind of prioritization challenges. The whole package wraps up with a 60 minute call to ensure that what we built will work for you long term. The Redefine Your Time VIP session is ideal for entrepreneurs who are growing their business while working nine to five, solopreneurs who feel stagnant because they don't know what to work on next, or the productivity enthusiasts who are looking to level up their time management game. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of From Overwhelmed to Under Control. I am so excited about today's episode because there have been a lot of new people joining my community, whether you are new to the podcast or following me on Instagram or on my newsletter. Thank you so, so much for being a part of my community. And I always love meeting my new followers and meeting new people in my community and seeing who is a productivity nerd like myself, who is really here for the tips and tricks and needs some support. So if you have any feedback, if you are, like I said, a productivity nerd like me and want to talk about this stuff, I would love to hear from you on Instagram at Chelsea and coaching. And if you need some help, if anything I say ever resonates with you or if you are really stuck with some kind of schedule or productivity or time management or you're procrastinating, please don't ever hesitate to reach out because I love, love, love connecting with folks about these topics. But like I said, in today's episode, I want to just take a moment to reintroduce myself to share the story of why I became a time management productivity coach, what got me here today, and really how and why I help people to feel less overwhelmed and more productive every day and why this is such important work to me. So I will give you a brief overview of my story. And like I said, what brought me here today, what inspired me to start my business, and then a little bit more about my philosophy and where this passion comes from. So if we were going to go way back, I have always been kind of a nerd about stuff, right? I was the kid who loved to organize and color code or alphabetize my books. I was always reading. I loved getting that. Fresh planner and school supplies at the beginning of every year. And I tried every list and strategy I could throughout high school and middle school because I was doing so many different things. I was, you know, in every advanced class that I could be. I took on a lot of leadership roles, not particularly athletic, but I still tried my hand at a few different sports and worked and all of those things. And plus, just being, you know, a social kid. So that was really my childhood is where this really started right from the get-go. Maybe it's because I'm a firstborn. I don't know, but I was very much kind of that classic overachiever kid in high school. And I was known for that. I was, you know, lovingly teased by my friends. My friends are all very similar to me, and so it just was something that I enjoyed learning more about and getting more efficient and effective with my time. When I got into college, I went to Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute or RPI, which is an engineering school. My undergraduate degree is actually in biomedical engineering, which is hysterical because I've never actually been an engineer. And I knew about halfway through that I didn't want to be an engineer, but I really loved the school and my friends and I figured this stuff'll never hurt, you know, learning this information will never be a detriment. So I stuck it out and ended up with 2 minors, one in professional writing and one in marketing, which has been much more beneficial to my career over the years. But I still absolutely loved it. And again, at that time, I was surrounded by such brilliant people who came from all over the country, all over the world, and taught me so many things about just how hard you have to work, right? I think in high school everything was kind of fairly easy, and so when I got to college, it was this beautiful reality check of how hard you have to work for the things that you want for the things that you are passionate about. So I graduated college, and or throughout college, I was con- also consistently that bit of an overachiever, right? So I, I filled up my class schedules because I love to learn. I took on a lot of different leadership roles and clubs and worked throughout college. So I had to be efficient with my time. And fortunately, I was also surrounded by people who cared just as much as I did. So seeing their strategies for being efficient and effective and how they best utilize their time taught me a lot of things as well. I got my very first job out of college um, as a technical writer, actually. And so I was kind of a liaison between the editorial team and the engineers who worked for this company. We, we would write technical guides on how to buy or use different pieces of engineering machinery. And it's as, it was as boring as it sounded. But what I really loved about it was the opportunity to essentially build this new department. So I was able to create a system for that liaison role. How were the engineers going to get the editors the information that they needed to ensure that our writing was accurate and readable for not only the layperson person, but also a more advanced engineer who specialized in that particular piece of machinery, and how that editing process was going to re- flow through what the review steps were, and so it was really cool to just be able to build something from the ground up. And I absolutely did fall in love with that line of thinking and that line of problem solving. And I just didn't really care about writing about how to buy wrenches and different kinds of car brakes and batteries and stuff like that. So eventually, I outgrew the role once that project was done and moved into the nonprofit space, which is where I've been for the last 13 years now. I. Absolutely love fundraising. I got my start in college when I was a chair of our Relay for Life committee. And what I liked about fundraising was that it's a cyclical system. So, you know, the fiscal year begins and ends at the same time every year. You get to refine your process. It mixes psychology and finance and strategy with marketing and creativity. And that those strong interpersonal relationships. And so it felt like a really, really good fit for me. But when I walked into my very first development office, I recognized how kind of old-fashioned everything was. Right. I had just come from this very technical background and this very technical education where everybody was so rigid and regimented and constantly looking for the next best way to do something into a fairly mm, dated, fairly antiquated system um, and various antiquated offices in the development world. So it was a new and exciting opportunity for me to do as much as I possibly could to educate my co-workers, to find those efficiencies and just make things a little bit easier and more streamlined not only for the personal work that I was doing but for the department as a whole. And so I remembered kind of, at that point, having my philosophy be, how could I make this easier? How can I just make this a little bit less cumbersome for myself or my teammate? And I'll never forget my boss came in and she was mail-merging letters. And so we would personalize letters and it would say, Dear Mr. Smith, and then it would have some kind of ask amount. So please consider a gift of $1,000 to the annual fund. And she was going through and adding... The dollar sign and comma to the ask amount for every single letter. Well, she got about halfway through and realized that there was some error in the letter, meaning that she was going to have to remerge it and recorrect all of those uh, ask amounts. And she came into my office and kind of like, "Oh, this stinks! I'm so annoyed. I have to redo this." And I thought to myself, "There has to be a better way. There has to be a faster way than doing that manually." And sure enough, a quick Google later gave me the little code that you put into the mail merge to fix it so that it automatically puts in the uh, dollar symbol and the comma in the dollar amount. And so again, I just, I loved doing that. I loved being the person in the office that my colleagues could come to with those frustrations or with these systems that didn't seem very efficient or very clunky or led to mistakes. And I could be the one to help them make it better. At my next development job, I worked in an independent school and started getting more involved with the students, which I absolutely loved as well. And so an opportunity became available for me to start tutoring some of the students as an executive function tutor. So not a course-specific tutor, But really digging into how these students could be more efficient and effective with their time. Many of them struggled with things like ADD or a different learning challenge. And so it was really about looking at their schoolwork as a whole and breaking things down into really manageable pieces, helping them think through the resources that they were going to need to solve their challenges or to complete this assignment. And building up that confidence in themselves where they could personalize their academic experience. You know, if they're not fast or strong readers, could we find the audio version of the book that they needed to read? Or could we come up with a new strategy for taking notes so that they were able to retain the information more effectively during the lecture while they were also trying to listen? And again, it really just came back to time management. So what were they doing throughout their day? How could they maximize the time between classes to get a little bit of homework done so that they weren't staying up as late and they could build in better personal hygiene or personal sleep hygiene or just some more self-care into their day? Because this was a very rigorous independent school and there was a lot of pressure on them to perform and I absolutely could relate to that. But I also didn't want to see a bunch of teenagers burning themselves out. So again, thinking about how we could find that balance. And I, I loved it. And what became more and more apparent to me is, as I would mention to my colleagues, oh, yeah, I'm tutoring tonight on XYZ. Inevitably, the adults would say, oh, my gosh, I wish I had someone help me with that too. Or, oh, gosh, my to-do list is a mess. I wish I could get some help. And the, that's where the idea planted itself. That's where it really got the first inkling that there was an opportunity here to help adults and to help professionals with the same type of challenges that these students are facing, because this isn't explicitly taught in high schools. You know, we can all think back to a time where we had to do a major research project, and maybe the teacher broke down all the steps, and there was kind of deliverables and dates along the way. But that's really the only time when I think back where we're taught to kind of project manage our work. And so, again, without it being explicitly taught, it doesn't always translate to college or even into the workplace. So, again, that's where that idea started percolating. And the moment for me to really lean in and capitalize on this was during the pandemic. I think, as we all can remember back in 2020, everything changed in that time. Priorities changed, schedules changed, work life changed. And so without having to go into the office every day, I was afforded more time in my day. They didn't have to commute, which was great. I was very blessed that I still had my job and nothing really about that changed. But I didn't have this commute. I wasn't commuting to all the different volunteer opportunities I had because everything had gone virtual. And I started to see more and more people who were struggling with having this new schedule, having this new time when they weren't commuting, but perhaps they were working with their children at home, or their spouse had some kind of weird new schedule, or they were going into the office some days and not in the office other days. Or people lost their jobs and had to create whole new schedules and routines as an entrepreneur. So the pandemic was really that moment in time that I needed to just give myself the capacity to actually officially start the business. So my business was officially started In June of 2020. And it actually started not only as a time management productivity coaching, but also helping folks start their nonprofit organization. So I did a lot of writing business plans and helping people submit the application for the 501c3 status with the IRS so they could actually start their nonprofits. And that was actually very much related to my MBA work. That's exactly what I did In my capstone for my MBA is business planning and auditing for nonprofits. So I was very comfortable and familiar with that work. And it was a lot of fun to help those folks as well start really amazing organizations. But eventually I transitioned into exclusively coaching, time management, and productivity. And that leads us here to today, October of 2023, three years later, where I am still absolutely loving this work. I'm so incredibly passionate. about time management and productivity because I can see the benefit that it has across my clients' entire life. And I mostly work with entrepreneurs or nonprofit professionals, but really also thinking about the people who were like me, working a 9 to 5 and growing their business, who may also have things going on in their life where they want more time with their family, they want to slow things down a little bit, or just have more time to relax so that they're not Constantly on the brink of burnout. And that's really my why. I'll start with my why because it's hard to pretend you're okay when you're not. I think for a long time, I was that person who I always use the example of a duck, right? I was a duck on the surface, just smoothly, kind of floating along, looking great, feeling great. And no one could tell that underneath the surface, I was absolutely. Freaking out. And I was overwhelmed. I was getting burnt out. I had spread myself too thin and felt like I was disappointing everybody. And that was because, again, I worked a nine to five. I volunteered for several different organizations. I was tutoring a few nights a week. And I was also trying to maintain a social life. I was dating my now husband at the time. And we were also trying to just navigate life and building our future together. And so it was really hard to make sure that everything was staying afloat and staying up to par. And so I know how hard it is to pretend you're okay when you're not. And I remember someone saying to me once, you know, oh my gosh, Chelsea, how do you do it all? And I kind of laughed her off and, you know, made some kind of dismissive statement. But at the end of the day, I was like, I'm not well, was my answer, right? Like my answer was, I'm not doing it well. I'm barely holding on. And so I want to help people back away from that place. I want to teach them and help you decide what's truly your priority, and what's truly important to you so that we can make decisions about how to be intentional with our time. Because it took me a long time to realize that. And like I said, it's really hard to pretend you're okay when you're not. It also took me a long time to realize that I don't need to earn rest for a long time, I struggled to just sit around, to just watch TV. I was always the last person to catch up on any show because I just had a million other things going on. And it it wasn't like this, oh, I'm too cool for television thing. It was literally, I just didn't have time. Or if I did watch it, it was while I was also cleaning my house or reorganizing or trying to catch up on work or find some other way to occupy my time. So now I've started to and getting there more and more every day. But recognizing that I don't need to earn rest. It's okay to just sit on the couch for a little bit and watch a TV show. It's okay to play on my phone for a little while if that's what I want to do. I don't need to feel guilty for sitting there, even if the dishes aren't done even if there's a project I need to, I want to complete, it's okay. Everything's going to work out. And when we continue to put that pressure on ourselves, we're just going to have an empty cup that we can't pour from. Another reason why I help people is because I hate that I've turned so many things I love into an achievement. And I see so many other people who are like me or so many entrepreneurs Who have faced a similar set of circumstances growing up where we don't just read because we like to read. We have to hit a number of books. Goal. We like to run. We like to exercise, but we can't just exercise. We have to sign up for a race. We have to sign up for the CrossFit competition. We have to join every challenge at your Orange Theory gym. We have to take something that we enjoy. That brings us happiness into some kind of achievement. You don't have to sell your artwork if you don't want to. You don't have to run a race if you like to run. You don't have to have a reading goal if you enjoy reading. You just get to do those things. And I'm not saying it's wrong to do, to make it a race. I've, I've run lots of races. I'm not saying it's wrong to do any of those things, but just to question yourself or pause before we turn the things that we love into an achievement. Because it's, it's changing what success means for you. And I think that took me a long time to realize as well, is that success doesn't always mean that I have to win. Success could just mean that I'm happy. Success could just mean that I'm stable financially, emotionally, physically. It doesn't have to be about winning. But again, this is something I see so common in entrepreneurship because as entrepreneurs, we often have to push ourselves. We are turning something that we love into some kind of achievement, right? You have to make money as a business owner. But it's again, it's being intentional with that line of thinking. And then the other why for my business is I just really love researching and learning about time management and productivity and how I can make my life and the life of my clients easier and happier and more efficient and effective so that they can spend more time on with the people that they love or on the projects that they love. And that's my bigger whys, right? I have lots of other littler whys. I have lots of whys for what being a business owner can mean to my family and my ho- husband and what uh, how it's going to impact our lives in the future. But when it comes to why I help people... It's because of those four things. And to get to the how of I help people, when I work with my clients, we do a lot of different things. And again, this is very client-led. And it's, it's a I always say it's coaching and consulting. So coaching means that as a client, you bring your questions to me and I help answer them. As a consultant, I bring things to you and say, here's opportunities to fix or to change. And so it's that dynamic relationship where I'm going to give you the sound advice that you need, and then the coaching pieces. I'm going to help you figure out figure it out for yourself as well. So how I help people is really by reviewing their personal energy throughout the day. We always start with that, and this is because I was inspired to start my business again for a number of reasons, as I mentioned, but also because there's so much bad advice out there. There's so Many people who are waking up at five o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning and telling you that that's the only way that you're going to get anything done. And as someone who is famously not a morning person, I'm going to call bullshit. Like that's just not true. And so when we look at what's going to actually work best for you, remember productivity is personal. You're not going to be able to follow the schedules of the rich and famous and have it work for you. So when we start working together, the first thing I want to do is look at your energy management throughout the day. When are you waking up? When would you prefer to be waking up? When are you most focused throughout the day? Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Are you feeling drained and exhausted by Friday? Or are you drained and exhausted by one o'clock every day? And how can we adjust your schedule? How can we adjust your workflow throughout your day and throughout the week so that you have steady energy when you need it, you have the appropriate amount of rest, the right kind of rest, so that you are ending your week feeling fantastic and ready to have an awesome weekend rather than an absolute couch potato and exhausted at the end of the day. So that's the very first thing we dive into. The other thing that we dive into is fairly early on is considering those real life restrictions. Again, a final straw for me in me building my philosophy that productivity is personal is reading this some time management book. I wish I could remember the name of it, but I blocked it out of my mind because I was so annoyed by it. Is this this guy who's some big executive at some big company, and he literally talked about all the support he had. He had a wife who made his dinner for him at the end of every day. He had a driver bring him to or from work. He had an executive assistant prepare all of the meeting minutes and notes and agendas and schedule everything for him. He took a nap in the middle of the day. That was one of his strategies for getting things done. And I wanted to throw this book across the room. Because at the time, I was working 9 to 5. I was building my business. I didn't have someone to cook for me or drive me around. And while I don't have children yet, I'm due at the end of this year with our first, I recognize that that's a ridiculous approach for parents. We have to consider our real life restrictions. And even if that real life restriction is I can't have block schedules because I'm constantly on call. And so I'm never going to dismiss a client who says that do I think that people often have more control over their time than they're led to believe in a nine to five, a thousand percent, and I'm going to coach you through that, but I'm also never going to dismiss you for when you say, I have to be available when my boss calls me because of course you do. That's real life. I can't put my phone on do not disturb because what if my kids call the daycare calls? Of course you can't put your phone on do not disturb. That makes total sense. So we're going to build in those real-life restrictions and the real-life flexibility that you need in your schedule. I'm going to give you the tools to not only create something like a schedule that you like, but also how to adapt when those things come up. When you get a call from your boss or from the daycare, when you don't feel good, when you're on your period and you feel like garbage, and you don't want to do any work, here's how you can adjust to ensure that you're still meeting your goals. And that's what we could talk through. I also make sure we get to the root cause of your procrastination, perfectionism, people-pleasing. These things can wildly impact your productivity throughout the day. And if we just address them from a top level of stop saying yes, or put your phone away so you're not distracted and you can... Stop procrastinating. Those are just band aids on a much deeper reason that these things are slowing us down throughout the day. So we're going to get to the root cause of it. We're going to recognize where these behaviors come from, so that we can make changes that last forever. Because that's my last point here of how I help people is we're going to build something that lasts forever. We're going to build you a and, and I say forever as in it's personal to you so that you're going to have these tools that you can use forever. Not because I think that this is going to be the last and final schedule that you have because life changes seasons happen. And so we have to build something that has a lot of that flexibility, but what you're going to have forever are the tools and the skill sets and the self-awareness to say, okay, this season of life is over. I'm in this new season. I'm going to have to get up earlier so this is what I can do to balance that energy throughout the day. Or this is going to be a really wild season with my life. And so this is how I can set my business up for success. And you're going to be able to do that on your own after we're done working together because I'm going to teach you how to do it. These skills are going to last you a lifetime. They are not flashes in a pan. They're not a specific tool like asana that is going to change or disappear or you're gonna not use it anymore because it's not something that you actually enjoy and so that's really where it comes back to for me and how I help people is again productivity is personal everything I teach is built off of that how could this be personal for you so again I know this episode was a bit different than what we've been doing in the past but I wanted to take the time to reintroduce myself, share my why, share the how I help people. And if you are struggling with, I said, time management, procrastination, people pleasing, perfectionism, scheduling, calendar management, any and all of those things, I am here to support you. Please don't hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram at Chelsea and Coaching, or you can find different ways to contact me on my website, chelseanewmeyer.com. That's Chelsea with a Y. As I said at the very beginning of this episode, welcome to all the new people in my community. I am so, so happy you're here. And I'm really excited to nerd out about time management productivity, teach you what I know, and help you improve so that you have a life that you love and a business that helps you reach your goals. So thanks so much. And I will see you next week. Thank you for enjoying another episode of From Overwhelmed to Under Control. I hope you're feeling one step closer to your goals. Don't forget to check out the show notes and follow along on Instagram at Chelsea and Coaching. I look forward to talking to you soon.